Here it is, March 15th. It's going to 81 degrees today. And it's causing us to reflect on what this whole idea of winter is going to mean in our future. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze. Beginners learning subsistence farming using three simple principles. Approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it. And we don't make allness statements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, And welcome to our podcast of March 15, 2012, The Ides of March. Which Here I don't we know. Are. I don't know that I need to beware the Ides of March, but it certainly is a very different Ides of March from past years because as you said earlier, it's it, I mean, 81 degrees, that's like summertime temperatures or early summer anyway. So uh, yeah, and here we've practically had no winter to speak of. Um, we do face some challenges, especially in uh, our fruit orchard, and I thought we'd talk about that some today. That sounds good. It's uh, We're forcing ourselves to look at that issue again because I've been out doing our normal winter pruning and seeing how a lot of the fruit trees are already beginning to bud, but some of them aren't. Some of them have a delay, I guess it's a delay, I don't think they're dead, a delay in their foliation, and I think that's related to the fact that they didn't get enough chilling hours. Right. You want to talk a little bit about chilling hours and why they matter? We've had a a post about this in the past, and I'll link to it on the show notes page, but when you're growing fruit, chilling hours become an important thing to consider, um, and for example... If fruit, well, fruit needs to have dormancy during the winter. If it doesn't get enough periods of cold during the winter, then several bad things start to happen. The first is the fruit doesn't foliate fast enough. It, gets, it has a delay in leafing out. Second, it, because there's not foliation, there's also not fruit set, meaning that you don't have fruit until you've got some foliage to support it. And if the yeah. foliage is not there, then the fruit's not there. And so you end up with no fruit that year. And the third is, even if you get fruit, it sometimes is smaller and lower in quality, particularly more mushy. Yeah. So it's, it's a generally bad thing not to have enough chilling hours for a tree. So we try to note carefully the chilling hours of every fruit tree we're growing, and we've got, what, 150 fruit trees, so it's a lot to say grace over, but we're keeping track of it. Uh, the conventional wisdom is that we normally get between 900 and 1,000 chilling hours here in central Alabama. And as you know, the last two winters have been really cold. And so we didn't worry too much about chilling hours. We thought we were fine. In fact, we should probably point out, if people have not heard of all of our previous podcasts, that when we chose these cultivars, the, when we planted the orchard, we were planting trees that were, that were appropriate for our 
normal, quote, normal climate. Somewhat appropriate, although now in retrospect, I think I probably shot too high with some of them. Yeah, maybe on a couple of them. But what I remember is that if, if we had the old version of normal, we would be fine. Well, and, and that's part of my uh, lesson from all of this. You and I moved here in November of 2009, and I will have to confess that I really didn't pay much attention attention to chilling hours any time before then. No, I didn't either. I didn't know what they were before we took Master Gardener classes. <laughs> so the chilling hours that we've seen in the winter of 2010 and the winter of 2011, meaning the winter that started in the fall of 2009 right. and started in the fall of 2010, were unusually cold. We had more than a thousand chilling hours in the first one. We had more than 1,200 chilling hours in the second one. This year, we're going to end up with a little over 700. And just that's, a, yeah, a, a unbelievable decline, really. It's, yeah. it's just breathtaking uh, to see how the, the difference. Well, if you go back and look in history, the way I should have done, <laughs> you would see that this winter is not that far off the charts. It's simply on the low side of the chilling hours. It's not the you know the record lowest chilling hours ever, although it's pretty close to it. So what that means for me is I just blew it. I, I didn't think this through carefully enough when I chose the cultivars we ended up with. And so, and we can go through this um, when we go through fruit by fruit. But, but you know, to, to get us off the hook a little bit on that, we moved here from Birmingham, from Jefferson County, where we did have, we experienced colder winters than apparently are typical here. Yes. So we had not even really had a chance to experience the these warmer winters Um and by the time we were choosing what to plant, we were just thinking, oh, this is how winter feels. And exactly. That's, <laughs> we went, okay, this is what winter feels like here in central Alabama. And not processing, as I should have, hey, this is an unusually cold winter. So uh, we ended up with some cultivars that probably were not good choices, even if winters were stable. And then you layer on to that the concern that I think you're getting to, which is that uh, you and I, you know, the, the far right can deny anthropogenic global warming all they want to. You and I know it's real and it's happening yeah. and we're going to have to live with it. So we expect that winters are going to be, will, it will present fewer chilling hours. I didn't want to say milder because nobody knows what's going to be mild. Exactly. In the we could have um, some jags because we should mention that chilling hours, if you're below, what is it, 35 degrees? The 30, yeah, 34. 34. And below you don't doesn't get, count to yeah. a chilling hour. So, you know, if we have some extreme of temperature, and sometimes we call this global weirding, not just global warming, yes. because of the fact that what you often see are jags and jumps and and uh, of course stronger storms hotter summers but sometimes colder snaps during a given winter exactly but we do suspect don't know for sure but we suspect that winters are going to present fewer chilling hours that sweet spot 
between 34 and is it like 30? Yeah, maybe 32 and 54. Yeah. I've forgotten exactly what the. Yeah. Um, but, but there's a sweet spot there where fruit really does just relax and take it easy. Yeah. And we need more of those hours in the wintertime and fewer of the extremes. Yeah. And there are there are two or three different ways of counting chilling hours. Here in Alabama, we're big on that are called modified chilling hours that were developed by Arlie Powell, but that's not the only way of looking at it. You could also look at standard chilling hours. And there's a Utah model, which is really sort of what Arlie is using, I think. But the idea of the more complex formula is that you disregard the really cold hours mm -hmm. and you also um, give partial credit for temperatures on the edges and you also take away chilling hours during periods of unusual warmth. And that's what we've had this winter. Yeah. We've had periods of unusual warmth that have taken away chilling hours. So it's been an interesting winter and we hope not to see it again, but <laughs> um, we, we really don't know. Yeah. So I guess the challenge for us is how do we grow fruit with these lower chilling hours that we now expect to become the norm? Exactly. If this is what we're facing for the future, with a few exceptions here and there of, in winters, uh, yeah, how, how should we plant? And which, which of our types of fruit will do the best and which ones may need to either rethink that fruit type entirely or... Do we just simply need to go with different cultivars? You want to take those fruit by fruit and take a look at them? Sure, we can do that. Let's start with the olives, which we've just planted for the first time. Two olive this trees year. out in the orchard. We've got an arbacina and a manzanillo olives, and they use they have very low chilling hours, about three hundred chilling hours. So they should be fine in terms of a warmer winter. Right. What about blackberries? Blackberries will be fine except for Apache. Apache needs, needs 850 hours, and fortunately, we don't have very much Apache. No. I think we've got one in the orchard proper and maybe one. Three down in Veg We've got Veg three Hill. Apache down on Veg yeah. Hill? Okay. Yeah. So uh, the Apache may be on the edge there. But the others are what? Wachita, Wachita and, and Natchez, Natchez and, and Kiowa. Kiowa. And uh, all of them have chilling hours down in the three, four, five hundred okay. range. Good. So they're fine. Uh, figs, universally fine. Figs have very low chilling hours. Um, let's see, what do we have on figs? We've got um, maybe I mean, 400, 500. Um, yeah, you're consulting a chart as we speak. We I might am. want to tell 500 on most of our figs. And 450 you, on a couple of them. What is that so. chart that you're... Oh, right now I'm just looking to. at our longleaf breeze planting database where okay. I have noted for each tree we own what its chilling hours are. Right. But if, if someone wanted to go to a chart just out there somewhere to, on chilling hours, what would be a good source? Well, you know, I don't know that there is any source I can recommend that is universally applicable. Well, yeah, because... What it, I find myself doing is just going to my search engine and typing in tiger fig chilling hours mm -hmm. and see who talks about it yeah i don't i'm not aware of any source that gives the chilling hours for every fruit tree i do know handy. when we bought our um, fruit trees from petals from the past they have a chart 
they tell you how many chilling hours that plant should for have. For most of them. For most of them. Not all. And you only get what they're selling. Oh, you know, well, that's if true. If they're not selling it, oh, yeah. then they don't I'm just bother saying telling you. If, and what I'm saying is it'd be great if somebody mm-hmm. like Chip East here in Alabama would, would undertake to say, I'm going to find the chilling hours for every fruit tree and list it in one place. Well, let's just whisper that in his ear. I Give will. him a little project yeah. to work on. <laughs> Goodness knows the guy doesn't have anything to do. <laughs> just kidding. Um, but, um, yeah, th- I think you're right. It would be nice to, to have some way to consult. And, and I was just trying to give Arlie Powell and Jason some credit of saying that they do for so many of their uh, fruit trees that they sell, they do give you an idea of how many chilling hours you should have. True. So that and you're not going good into... orchards do that. Yeah. Like Willis does that. Mm-hmm. Um, that. Oh goodness. I've forgotten now. Isom. Isom. Isom yeah. does that, but they tend to do it only for their own cultivars. The ones they want to sell you. What I'm looking for, which would be very, very helpful, is to have one source that does it for every known cultivar. Yeah. Um, well, let's continue down the list. What about our blueberries? Blueberries How are, they are fine. Yeah. We're in great shape with our blueberries. They Their chilling hours tend to be rather low, down around 5, 5.50, 6, 6.50, something like that. Every There are, uh, I think the centurions need 700, but our centurions aren't working worth squat right now anyway, so I'm not going to worry about them. And we should mention that we planted them during a cold winter when they got plenty of chilling hours. So you can't blame the chilling hours for those poor little sad sacks. And and I'm not blaming centurion either. It could be that we just didn't plant them right. But for whatever reason, we only have two centurions and no plans to to plant more. Right. Because they're just, we've... We planted four and lost two, and the other two look kind of sad. <laughs> well, let's talk about plums. Plums, uh, tough. The the AU rubrum plum has low chilling hours. The Bruce plum, which we've already tasted and we, we kind of like, has eight hundred chilling. Yeah. needs eight hundred chilling hours. That's uh, sort of there on the borderline. Yeah, You're not going to get. You can't depend on that. Uh, peaches, ditto, our June gold peaches that we have loved to taste so much. Mm-hmm. They have only six, they need only 650 chilling hours. So, so that's they're good. in decent yeah. shape. Yeah. But we've got um, several peaches that are a problem. We've got, um, where's my peach row here? <laughs> uh, well, uh, we have a flame prince, right? And a Yeah, flame prince and uh, harvester. Both of them have high chilling hours. Let's see. Harvester needs seven fifty, and Flame Prince needs eight fifty. Mm-hmm. So, eh, you know, yeah. that, that's up there. Um, persimmons, God bless them. Uh, Four hundred chilling hours is all they need, so we're fine there. Yeah, wonderful. What about muscadines? Muscadines again. You know, muscadines and blueberries are going to be the the money fruit for central Alabama and our muscadines need very low chilling hours around 400 for most mm-hmm. muscadines and, and we've, we've met the chilling hour requirements. So they're fine. Now the apples is where it gets complicated. Um, we do have a couple of cultivars out there that have low chilling hours. That's good. Our Ein Shimmer. Mm-hmm, which is an Israeli apple. Correct. Developed in Israel, and it needs only 350 chilling hours, and it's cop- copacetic. So that's a good one. 
Another good one is the Anna. You remember we planted yeah. uh, two Annas and two mm -hmm. wine saps in the old orchard? Mm -hmm. Well, the Anna apple needs very low chilling hours, so we're in good shape there. Then it gets then it sort of falls off after yeah. that. Yeah, the, one of the biggest surprises to me was the Carter's Blue, which was developed in Mount Meigs, which is what, a 15-minute ride from here? To the south. To the south, and the thing needs how many chilling hours? Eight hundred, uh, 950 chilling yeah, hours who, I mean, for the Carter's Blue. Who knew? So, you know, that's a, we probably won't, won't get any production out of that Carter's Blue Apple. Nor are we likely to get a whole lot of production out of the Spur Arkansas Black, the uh, Jana Gold, the Southern Gold. All of those have high chilling hours that they need. What we may see some from is the Fuji at 800. Mm -hmm. Granny Smith, don't we have Granny, Granny Smith at 700. So we ought to be so, okay. So maybe so we ought to be okay there. Yeah. Not great, but okay. Mm -hmm. And the wine sap, not good. Wine right? sap is not good. Let's see. What is wine sap? Um, oh, shoot. Well, don't worry about it, but I, I just remembered that we planted those at the same time as the Anna apples. We bought them at the same nursery. Uh, again, not thinking about chilling hours. 800. 800. Wine sap needs so 800 That's hours. not terrible. That's not but, terrible, but um, yeah. so. Um, <laughs> then the pears, I sort of thought we were fine with pears, but now I'm having my doubts because they tend to be in that 750, 800, 850 range, and we have two out there, Moon Glow, that are 950. Yeah, those were some of the older ones that we planted also back when we didn't know really what we were doing. Correct, <laughs> and so those are suspect, and so you know it could be we'll end up um, pulling them out and putting something else that has a lower chilling hour requirement. Then, um, okay. The pomegranates, you said, I think were okay, right? Pomegranates are great. They tend to have like, you know, 400 chilling hours, and, and that gives them everything they need. So we mm -hmm. should be okay for pomegranates. Yeah, yeah. So that's... Um, In fact, our biggest problem with those is that one of them appears to have died. So we only have two living pomegranates, and we're actually thinking about buying a replacement tree for it um, possibly next a week from today. So Yeah, we're going to replace... It's a wonderful, and it does not appear to have made it through the winter. <laughs> such as it was, and so we th we probably will replace it with another wonderful, since wonderful is sort of this you know mainline cultivar in this area. Sort right. of feel like we yeah. need to have yeah. one wonderful pomegranate. So well, we're just about out of time, but let's end up on some good news uh, updates, yeah. which is the asparagus. Let's talk asparagus. We are seeing <laughs> asparagus shoots. It's wonderful, and uh, we've been going through and putting. Like we're supposed to, adding soil to the top of them as we go through. They, how long have the crowns been in the ground now? Mm, about two, tomorrow will be two weeks. Okay, so not quite two weeks, and we're seeing. It's interesting. They don't. It's not like what you would expect to see in the grocery store. They're teeny They're tiny, thin. thin little spears, but they are very tall when they grow. They, yeah, they yeah. tend to shoot on up there. We've got some spears that are fourteen inches long. Yeah, and the width of a pencil or piece something, of dental yeah. tape. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah so, some are thinner than any pencil I would use. But the, but they're doing what they're supposed to do, which is the first year they come out of the ground and then you let them just go to into their uh, floral state, you know, and let them... Yeah, grow uh, ferns. Yeah, grow ferns and, uh, and then 
they will die back and it'll all come back next year and we'll get to actually harvest some next year. So more updates about that yeah. later. And we don't need to talk about the weed control No, thing. We, can we can cover that next week. Next week we will talk a little bit about what's going on on Veg Hill and the effects of the warm weather on that. So uh, stay tuned and I hope you have a great week. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. We'd love to hear from you. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Or you can send us honest-to-goodness mail at P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama 36078. To browse our archive, to learn more about the farm and about Lee and Amanda, and to talk with other listeners, visit us at longleafbreeze.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.